When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the evening of Thursday, June 29th, 2023, and the Cincinnati Reds are on an off day, which after the series they just wrapped up against the Baltimore Orioles, um, I think they deserved, I, I think my brain deserves, we all, everybody who watched every minute of that series deserves um, at least a little bit of time off because of how just intense it was. Um you know the, the the most recent game they played yesterday. Yesterday's game, Wednesday's game, um, they won eleven seven, but it wasn't just an eleven seven win that was any sort of garden variety. It was pretty much a microcosm of what the Reds have done all year. They jumped out early and took a quick quick three run lead. Um, Luke Weaver started and immediately gave that lead up. They were down four nothing, and he threw forty pitches in the first inning. Um, they immediately stormed back. They were they were unfazed. They went up six to four. They went up seven to four. They eventually turned things over to a bullpen that was um, underfunded and un, you know uh, a little bit undermanned. Um, the bullpen gave it back on a big epic home run, and then suddenly the Reds were tasked with picking themselves up off the floor again, which they did. And they didn't just do it to scrape by; they did it and then kind of poured it on again late. And that's how they won eleven to seven. Um, it's indicative of who this team has kind of become identity wise, which is what it's a team that really, really struggles with their starting pitching. Uh, it's a rotation that's beleaguered and is leaning on guys that probably at this point know that they're not really supposed to be there anymore, but that's still who's in charge and who's being tasked with going out there every five days. Um, but a young group that knows that when they get the chance and the opportunity to be called upon, whether they start or get switched in mid game, expects to get that big hit and it's something that has permeated that entire dugout and is insanely fun to watch um so that's that's where we are with what the reds have been up to lately they are sitting a half game above the milwaukee brewers in first place in the national league central i think at 43 and 38 as we currently speak and about to welcome in a padres team for the weekend that is uh Got their backs against the wall with a gigantic payroll and a really, really poor performing team so far. Um, I'm Wick. I'm your host. Welcome back to Walkswell Hunt. Arf and BK are with me again this week. Uh, I guess well, let's just set the stage with with beating a Baltimore team on the road. Um, that's a really damn good baseball team. Um, that's that that that's that's obviously the most recent thing to talk about. But it's yet another feather in the cap. It's not just the Reds taking a road series. It's taking a road series against an Orioles team that's good. Um, BK, what are your thoughts on them consistently being pretty unfazed about the state of where they are? You know, uh, 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 the chance to win a series on the road against Baltimore, blowing an early lead, and then boom, just punching right back. Um, that That's who these Reds are, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think it's 
really indicative of just kind of how the series went in general. You know, they had that just kind of like that disappointment um, against the Braves, you know, at home, those last two games. Um, And then that first, that first game against the Orioles just, you know, where was, that was the one with the rain delay and that, and Williamson couldn't, stay on the mound and all that. Yeah. Hour, hour and 43 minute rain delay and, and yeah, right to the bullpen. And, and yeah. Just, yeah. And so I, it, it really, it felt like after that, that was just the, you know, just a microcosm of just how, how things felt. But, you know, once again, let's give credit to this team for just kind of taking, taking the rest of the series one game at a time, um, you know, had another rain delay on, on Tuesday. Um, right. But managed to, to, get out of that one. Um, and then, you know, looked, looked, you know, looked great on uh, Wednesday's game, had that, had that come back and, and won. So to take the series and that's, you know, as you said, this is a really good Orioles team, really very similar to the Reds in that, you know, a lot of young players, a lot of um, up and coming talent, as opposed to kind of established uh, hungry right. veterans, as opposed to, the hungry young guys, but um, you know, a lot of credit goes to this ball club. Yeah, I, I think unfazed is the word that that, that that continues to pop in my head. Like they, there have been numerous circumstances over the last couple of weeks where, like, oh crap, that's that's the play, that's the bad call, that's the the bad break that sends them into a little bit of a spiral for a couple of days or a couple of games, and you just don't see that, you know. Um, so. Even for the some of the, the the relievers, like with Buck Farmer, who finally gave up a big home run, which he really hasn't done it all this year. Nothing about that really said, oh crap, like there goes Buck Farmer. He's gonna be in a funk for the next couple of weeks. Um knock on wood. Um it, it just seems like it's it's uh uh it's a team that's resilient in a number of different ways. Um Arf, what are your thoughts on the hitters that have just continued to show up and make big hits uh, Will Benson had another huge one, uh, a triple and extra innings to win, effectively win the game uh, yesterday. TJ Friedel back off the injured list and performing like uh, uh, an all-star, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, and those are two of the kind of unheralded guys that continue to just make big plays. Um, it's it's becoming like uh, pretty much their signature at this point, right? Yeah, um, and I think you guys said it best, and it's something that uh, – that Joey um, kind of alluded to after his first game back last week, um, you know, when the red, the reds won that exciting game. Um, and he, he just said, these young guys, like they, they're not impressed by the team in front of them. I mean, the, the Atlanta Braves are even hotter than the reds are. I mean, they, I think they had won seven or eight straight going into the series, lost the 12, 11 game took two from us and then swept the twins, you know, like they, they are hot and like they, the Reds just didn't care. I mean, this team won the world series two years ago. They were back in the playoffs last season. Um, and it kind of, you know, you were talking about how exciting the Orioles series was, but looking back at, at that series against the Braves, you know, yes. after we won Friday night going into Saturday, they're down six, three going into the seventh. Then they score, cut it to two. So, you know, the game's a lot closer immediately give that run back. And they still hit, I think they hit two home runs, or they scored twice in the bottom of the eighth and had had a chance to win it in the ninth. 
And yeah. then going into Sunday, they're down 7-4 going into the ninth, and they score twice and I think left the bases loaded um, or le- left a couple of guys on and had another chance to win. And I think uh, Kevin Newman grounded into a double play um, to end it. But they had plenty of chances to where I think teams in the past would have just been like, all right, three-run game against this loaded lineup and this team that's on fire. And they still gave themselves chances to win. Uh, both games and then took that into the series against Baltimore. Um, obviously, yeah, Monday I, night's game wasn't great, but that was, you know, that was a weird situation. But um, they bounced back and ended yeah. up taking two from a really good team. Yeah, I mean, that, that bounce back that you mentioned is kind of the resiliency I'm, I'm, I'm getting yeah. at is that, you know, Great American Ballpark against the Braves for that series was as packed, as loud, as lively as it has been ever. I mean, you, I, I say yeah, ever. Yeah, I think that I think that's true. I think and, and, said, and, yeah. and three straight one-run games against an incredible team. I mean, I think I read somewhere earlier today that uh, the Phillies and Marlins were both 10 games over 500 in the month of June and lost ground in the standings because the Braves just will not lose. Um, and the Reds were within inches of a sweep, you know. Um, yeah. to, to have that happen and to have the fans show up in the way that they did and then not have it go your way two out of three, that that would have been a recipe for a letdown for a lot of teams, not just old Reds teams, for any team um, to go from a packed house stadium like that to then a road trip to a good team like Baltimore. Losing a series in Baltimore would have been the expectation for even good teams at that point. So the way that they played in Baltimore over the course of that series, as if they just shrugged off, you know, Atlanta as if it wasn't a disappointing series. This is almost if it was a, a reaffirming series because they know they can play with the best teams in the game. Um, it's like they're 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 building momentum throughout all of this, even when it comes to one run losses, which it's um uh, it's remarkable to see. And you know, you uh, BK, you mentioned kind of the parallels between the way Baltimore has built things and the way that the Reds have built things as well. Um, and or if you mentioned Joey's comments as well, they don't know any different at this point. You know, they don't know um, that they're not supposed to just wake up the next day and go right back to, to, to knocking the crap out of the ball. And that's what they're doing. And it's been really, really tremendous to see because, you know, for a fan base like us and like the Reds that has just seen, you know, quote unquote, when things can fall apart, they will fall apart. Um, that doesn't seem to be the case ever with this club. And I'm sure there will be hiccups where they, they, they experience that a little bit more than they have. Um, but it's to the point now where, you know, we're, we're over, we're officially halfway through the season. We've made it through 81 games. Um, I don't expect to see it happen. I really don't. And I feel like the players don't expect to see it happen either. And that's, that's a really unique situation for them to be in. Um, yeah. The one caveat for all that though, is some of the news that we got this week. Um, we talked about Luke Weaver being on the mound for uh, the, yesterday's game, uh, the most recent game in Baltimore. He's still in the starting rotation because there's nobody else there. And we got news that Hunter Green isn't just not there now. He's not going to be there for longer than I think we first expected when we heard that it was just a minor hip issue uh, that was putting him on the injured list. He's going to be out until August. We don't know exactly when in August, but it's June and that leaves all of July, which has nine games against the Milwaukee Brewers, three on the road against the Dodgers. Um, it's it's a tough stretch coming up. We mentioned the Padres that kind of begin this thing. Um, the starting rotation is uh, 
it's a mess. Like there's no other way to describe it other than a mess and Andrew Abbott. Um, <laughs> uh, Abbott's who we should probably talk about first. Let's go ahead and get the good part out of the way. Our, um, Andrew Abbott, you're, you're, you're a fan of and have been for a while now. Um, it seems like every chance he gets to where you might see a hiccup from him, he gets, gets better. He just, he grinds through any sort of bad situation. And then you look up at the end of the game and it's like, wow, nobody really touched him. Anybody who got on base is because he decided to walk a guy as opposed to throw him a meatball strikes out eight, every six innings. Um, the numbers that he put up in the minors look like they're translating immediately to the majors. He's the ace of this red staff right now. Uh, how impressed are you with him? Yeah. Um, like you said, anytime it looks like there's going to be a hiccup, he, he just doesn't go there and it's like, he finds a way out of it. Um, I mean, you know, obviously the, the scoreless streak to start his career was incredible. Like, I mean, that's going, you know, Let's see, what is that? 17 and two-thirds innings without giving up a run? Yeah. Um, to, to start a major league career against, you know, the Astros, who just won the World Series. The Brewers, who we're now, I guess, tied with. They just beat the Mets. Uh, the Mets left the bases loaded in the ninth. Um, and, you know, the Cardinals, who have, you know, guys like Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, you know, some, just still some heavy hitters in the lineup. Um, to go 17 scoreless to start your career and then – the, the start you give up your first runs, it's three solo home runs and you don't walk a guy and strike out 10. Like you can live with that. Um, those games are going to happen. And that's probably his best outing of the season is when he gave up those three runs because he just didn't let anyone else on base. Um, and then to follow that up with a start at Baltimore with another really good young team and to give up a one run in six innings. And of course be the only guy in the rotation that didn't get any run support and still <laughs> keep that lineup at bay and, you know, kind of get the Reds back on the right track after losing three in a row. Um, You know, it's, it's an impressive start to a career where it's like, okay, he's killing it in the minors and he's going to come up and he'll fit in there with it, with green and Lodolo. And, you know, he'll, he'll kind of be able to get his feet wet behind those guys to, you know, a Hmm. week and a half later, like, all right, Hmm. you're the guy, like all these other guys, like they're, they're struggling and we needed a lot of runs to, to keep us in the game when these guys are going. But yeah, he went from, you know, third or fourth option to the ACE really, really fast. And he is, you know, more than handled that call. Like on, on May 8th of last year, he was in a (laughs) ball, you know, and uh, he was in double a to start this year. Like, it's not like he's the guy who was knocking on the door and we were like, well, you know, they'll, they'll make room for him when he forces his hand. No, like, Everything else literally fell down around him, and the Reds said, "We gotta have you." And yeah. you know, that's it, it's for for a guy like that. You know, it's it's one thing to get a call up when you're a deserving prospect, which he obviously is. It's another thing when it takes something else going wrong for a team to give you that call. And not to say the Reds weren't going to turn to Abbott at some point this season, but they didn't want to go to him when they did. You know, they 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 wanted. Lively and Lodolo and Hunter Green and you know they wanted those guys to be healthy and producing. That was that was the plan. The plan didn't go to plan, and Abbott has been thrust into this situation. And you know, I, I the the comments that Jim Palmer, the Hall of Famer, made uh, uh, on the Orioles broadcast the other night, talking about like you know if this guy's your number five starter, like you're you're I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was effectively like you're you're winning every game you're you're out there with. Um, He's been 
every bit as electric as you you know his, his as his lore kind of suggested. Like we haven't even seen any of his faults yet. You know, I don't even know what to critique him on because he hasn't struggled enough to really be like, oh well, he's going to have to work on that. Um, BK, how much can you ask out of a guy like that though? How much can you lean on a twenty three year old who was on May eighth last year in Able to not just be good? But to anchor your staff, because that's effectively what he's become right now. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, I definitely agree with everything, everything Arf mentioned. You know, it's, I, I think it, it makes it even more impressive when you look at the fact that, you know, the Reds really needed him. They needed somebody to come in and be the, the, the stopper. I think I saw somebody, somebody on uh, either Twitter or the broadcast or something was mentioned that you know, Abbott is the stopper for the Reds right now. And that's, I think that's absolutely true. Yeah, and but you know a guy who was in Double A two months ago is now you know the the stopper for for your team. It's 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 I think it's even more impressive that okay now he's doing this against big league pitching, but you know there's a lot of pressure to the role that he's in, and he's not either you know he's either not feeling it or if he is feeling it, he's doing a really good job of uh, keeping it keeping it hidden and keeping it under the surface. Because it's, I, I think that, you know, he's the guy, and um, you know, it's it as you said, there's all kinds of things that have gone wrong with the staff that the guys you expected to be out here at this point. Now, granted, you know, we even before the season started, you know, I think the three of us got together and we were we were asking some of these questions, right? Hey, how are where are they going to are they going to have to get 200 innings out of Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green and Graham Ashcraft? Like, definitely not. So we're going to need to get innings at some point this season. And, you know, we didn't really have answers at that point. You know, our answers at that point were, okay, cool. We got, you know, Brandon Williamson, who's having a lot of issues at uh, AAA. Um, You know, Ben Lively comes up and he's, you know, kind of a saving grace a little bit. Luis Sessa, not somebody we could rely on to, to stay in the rotation. And so it you you just end up with, okay, well, next man up. And, you know, it's I I cannot be more impressed with, with the job that he's done, especially given everything falling falling, you know, down around him. Yeah, one hundred percent. And, you know, we, we talk about the faults in the rotation, which there were obvious flaws to begin with, with Trusting guys like Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft to not just be as good as we hope they can eventually be, but to be that good and that dependable and that healthy right now, um, none of which has gone to plan. Um, all of that is, I don't want to say it's fine, but it's acceptable to have a young and inexperienced starting rotation if you've got depth behind it and you've got a bullpen that can pick up the pieces. This bullpen, Alexis Diaz has been electric and it will be an all-star this year. Um, but I'm just I, I, I'm I'm looking at some of the numbers right now in terms of what they quote unquote invested in this bullpen. And it's it's comical how cheap they went with the bullpen. And then the bullpen has also gotten injured as well. You know, TJ Antone's out, Tony Santion's out. Um, Derek Law is out. Um, guys like that that were the anchors of this quote unquote bullpen aren't there. Um, the little bit of money they invested in Lucas Sims, 
Lucas Sims has looked great. It's been tremendous having him back and healthy. Uh, Buck Farmer, they designated for assignment a year ago and brought in on a minor league contract. We've already talked about him being the high leverage guy. Um, if you can't get anything out of your starters and you know that's going to be a problem on the front end, you got to at least have guys you know can put out fires and do so often, early and often. The Reds didn't do that either. And so for as resilient as the bullpen has been throughout all of this, and I'll give them a hell of a lot of credit, Farmer's been incredible relative to the expectations. Ian Jabot has been incredible relative to expectations. You just can't expect that cobbled together group to be able to literally duct tape their own responsibilities together for the rest of the season, let alone doing that and also picking up the slack for a starting rotation that is woefully understaffed at this point. Um, how, how do how do they fix that? I, where, where do they even begin to fix that? And how do you address fixing that while also acknowledging that the Reds are trying to do this long game and not cash in on guys like Noel V. Marte and Christian Encarnacion Strand um, because they want those to be part of the future, but knowing that you need to trade big names like that to get enough back to bridge the gap to getting back Green and Lodolo and those guys later. Arf, what what do they do, man? This is a nice, easy, unloaded question for you. What <laughs> what, what do they do? Yeah, um, that's tough. Um, and it looks like, um, I mean, Santion and Derek Law could be back as early as like next week. So that's that's, that's a, start, a start. You know, that's a start that that, for lack of a better word, that gives some relief to to the pen. Um, but again, you don't know what these guys are gonna gonna give you. Um, yeah, I mean, Santiago's coming off a back injury. Those don't just go away. Um, you know, they they can they can flare up any time. So you know, you hope he can stay healthy for a couple months. Um, even then, he struggled in in twenty twenty two. You know, and I mean, he only made it nineteen innings and was giving up six runs a game and and stuff like it was it wasn't great. Um, and then, but if anything, it it helps eat eat up some innings. Um, starting pitcher wise. You know, that's tough because the Reds or the rest of the league knows that the Reds are going to be buyers and they see what they have at AAA right now. And it's going to be tough to get something that's not just a rental and someone who can just give us innings and actually make an impact on a rotation that's trying to compete and make the playoffs. Um, you know, it's going to be tough to do without giving up Novi Marte and Christian Encarnacion Strand, or, or at least one of those guys. Um, so yeah, I I don't envy the position the front office is in trying to make those moves, but they also could have done this back in the winter time and made it made it a little bit easier on themselves. So. Yeah, I mean, like if, if if Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo are healthy and Graham Ashcraft is pitching even just like league average right now, we're talking about like hey, like it's probably about time the Reds, you know, gave. Gave Brandon Williams in a call up. No, Brandon Williams is their number what? Their number two right now. Um, like the idea of us talking about Andrew Abbott being ready right now was like so far down the queue for where we would be talking about things in, in late June. All of that has gotten escalated. That we're talking about like Connor Phillips and Lion Richardson as being the guys. Like maybe they can piggyback them once a week um, just to get innings and get through things. Um, it's 
it's it's it's it's wild for me to even to say this because on teams that have that much of a pitching issue, you're not in first place. Like that, you don't have starting pitching being that bad and that decimated, but then also have it still be an urgent need because you've won so many games that it's that it matters. Those things just don't they don't run parallel to one another. Um, the trade market is where the Reds might have to just turn to, and that's interesting specifically because we've got the San Diego Padres coming to town starting tomorrow. Um, the Padres are six games under 500, have spent an ungodly amount of money and given away an ungodly amount of prospects to put together this team that is so woefully underachieving. Um, if the Reds come out and just boat race in this series, suddenly that San Diego team might end up being a very interesting seller. Um, with that in mind, BK, what are, you, what are your thoughts on where the Reds might turn outside the organization to find some help. Um, do they go big? Do they try to find a reclamation guy uh, that they think Derek Johnson might fix? Where's what, 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 do, what do you think, not what they should do, but what right. do you think they're leaning towards right now? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough because I, I think, as you said, um, the, the, the whole league knows exactly what, where the reds are too. You know, they, they see what's going on here. They know that the reds need that pitching depth. Um, So they're obviously going to make it uh, as costly as possible for the reds to acquire that. Um, I, you know, I, I definitely, I I think Nick Carl might have the hardest job in MLB right now. Um, Just in that, you know, you have, you have all these guys, you have these, you have you have the the pieces to trade to get the thing you need, but at the same time you can't. The, these are pieces that you can't miss if you're going to trade. I mean, but, let's be let's be honest here. Nick Crawl set the market. He set the market for pitching yeah. by getting back what he got back. I mean, seeing Spencer Steer hit the ground running, Christian Incarnacion Strand destroy baseballs at AAA. Um, uh, Noel Marte just continued to mash his way up and be player of the month and futures game and promoter AAA. Like he's, he's set the market for what it costs to get good pitching by trading away Mally and Gray and Castillo. So now he's got to go find a way to get it back without having to give up all the things that he now has freely shown is what you can get for these guys. Right. And it's like, it's exactly. And it's, it's so it's going to be really hard. I, I don't think that I don't think that the targets are in place at this point, just because I, I still think it's early enough that we don't really know exactly which teams are sellers and which teams are buyers, you know, across the whole league. And I think once un, until you, until you have that, then you're, you're not going to really get a good gauge on the market. You're, you're going to overpay for anybody right now. But it, it is interesting to, to see kind of what the, what the Reds did. The, the move that keeps on like popping back up, and I know I mentioned it uh, in our Slack channel, but you know, the Reds traded Chase Anderson for cash. Yeah. <laughs> what I mean, Kate, Chase Anderson, if he, if he, they had not done that and had, you know, not tried to cash in literally with Chase Anderson, you know, he, he'd probably have, have 60 innings under his belt right now of, you know, probably league average, league average ball. And that's the kind of guy that the Reds need to kind of have the stopgap. They don't necessarily, 
you know, they, I mean, I, I think that if they want to, if they, if they fancy themselves world series contenders, they, they need one or two of those big arms at some point, but right now they're just trying to get another, you know, another week at a time. Right. They're just like, let's they're trying to buy the way to August. If they yeah, can get like, to August and get Lindolo and green back. Right. Yeah. And, and you, you see that with the roster moves they make too. Right. They're, I mean, the road between, uh, I-71 between Cincinnati and Louisville is just chock full of guys that are going back and forth at this point. And, and not just guys that are know, going back and forth. Guys are going back and forth getting designated for assignment and unclaimed. Every, and knocked knocked out of the, the – yeah, exactly. Kicked They're off the 40-man every single time. Unclaimed, allowed to go back to the bats. They're um, operating like a, like a 44, a 44-man roster where there's five guys at all times that nobody else wants. Yeah. So the, the Jake Wongs and the Randy Wins and the, the whoever else can get DFA'd and loop back in and promote. Silvino Bracho has been up twice in DFA twice. You know, it's uh, they're they're churning just desperately trying to to tread water at this right. point. They're, they're just trying to keep guys healthy and or you yeah, know, get, get enough guys to on the day get you through nine innings. Yeah, and that like that's the the short term problem that they're they're having to solve every single night. And, and so it's like, what, how, how do you address that problem? I, I think is a different question than what, what do you, what do you go out and, you know, what, what do you trade Nuelvi Marte for? That's a different, I think that's a different conversation, right? It's like, yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, what's, you know, I, I honestly, I like the idea of get, get Lion Richardson up here, get um, Connor Phillips, you know, Put put Connor Phillips in the rotation for a week or two. Just you know, it's it's you're not gaining anything by not starting his clock. Um, given that, hey, this seems this really seems like this is going to be the window, right? Like yeah. we're we're at the beginning of a window. There's no reason to keep Connor Phillips in the minors for another two years to avoid starting his clock. Like if you're gonna if you're if you want to actually compete and you want to do it with with these guys. There's no, there's no good reason not to get what you get, put the best guys on the field. And if, if he's going to, you know, if he, he, what's he striking out at at AAA right now? He's like 15 K 15 per nine. nine. Yeah. It's just absurd. Yeah. Like, okay. Maybe he's not going to do that at the big league level, but maybe, maybe he's getting nine K to nine. Perfect. You know, like get, if he can, if he can eat five innings and give up three runs and strike out, five or six guys. This I think you're in the playoffs. Like yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's this, that's the type of th- performances that can help prolong the season for the rest of your guys. And it's, you know, I, I think that if, if we keep going the same way we're going, it's just going to be, I, I, it feels like these guys are going to be burned out by August. The whole, the whole, it'd be, it'd be one thing if the reds were 43 and 38 and the Cardinals were, 50 and 28, you know, but the Cardinals suck. The Cubs are listless. The Brewers, the Reds have shown they can go toe to toe with. And obviously we'll find out more about that with nine games against them in July, but the Corbin Burns is not signing with them long-term. Brandon Woodruff is hurt and not signing with them long-term. They traded Josh Hader last year because he wasn't signing long-term. The Brewers future is solid, but it's not necessarily determined at this point. Um, this is the start of the Reds window if they're willing to jump into it. And 
it's just so hard to look up and 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 think that everything we've seen about this club so far is the young guys and the moves that have been made have gone right. You know, the the pitching has been banged up, but every other move has gone right, and that's why they're in this position. And the fans that have been just beaten the fuck down for so long have responded. Everything about this screams, help these guys. You know, don't waste this and say, nope, window yeah. might look rosier next winter, and, and then next winter yeah. the Cardinals sign Otani. You know, yeah. like – yeah, like, I mean, I, I think you you're building up so much goodwill with this fan base just given the last month of even just the excitement with McLean and Ellie, like that alone plus the win streak has, you know, you just had you just had almost three sellouts in a row, um, on a in a June series. That's never happened. Yeah, 127,000 so, like, fans in like, three games. Like, yeah, and, it, took, it took them two months to get that and, last and year. That are there for the baseball, right? They're not there yeah. because there's other stuff going on. At this, like, there's not that post game concert that people are more interested in than the and game. And there were Reds fans there. There were Cubs there, fans there. There were Reds yeah. fans there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like this is, this is how you rope an entire generation of new Reds fans that literally have not had anything to come to the ballpark to see outside of Joey Votto in the last 15 years. Yeah. And you know, you, you like, this is, if if you want to, if you, if you are committed to winning baseball in Cincinnati, this is the team you go all in with and you just say, okay, this is, we're, we're going to, we're going to really go for it. And if it works out, it works out. And if it doesn't work out, then, you don't have to keep blowing it up. Like you've won enough goodwill from that fan base. Hopefully if you can, if you can stay in contention for another two months, we'll see what happens. But it's like, it, it feels like there's, this is such a huge opportunity for the team, the front office, the players. I mean, for the city, really it's, it's nuts. Maybe just maybe, the San Diego Padres will roll into town. The Reds will take two out of three of, from them. And the Padres will just drop off Blake Snell and Michael Walker and head back to the West Coast. And the Reds will pick them up and move on and begin to start making hay uh, the way a team that isn't just good but intends to be better uh, should, you know, because that's basically like the decision that they're kind of in right now, you know, because you know everybody else who's – five games over 500 or in first place in a division, they're going to get better. You know, this isn't about the Reds getting better than what they are right now. It's, it's getting better than how the, their competitors intend to get better. And that's the part that I just don't know where the Reds are going to go, you know, because there are a lot of bad teams out there that are trying to get better. The, the, the Padres that, that, you know, dropping off Snow and, and Waka, Padres are trying to trade for Alexis Diaz, you know, the Alexis Diaz is of the world right now. They're still ambitious at six games under 500. Um, the Reds have to match the ambition of the other teams that are willing to get better for this year just to tread water, you know? And let's be honest, treading water for this club with all the injuries we talked about, that's that's probably not Tampa Bay Rays good. It's probably not Los Angeles Dodgers good. They got to get better just to have a shot at being a season that is one of those ones that you think about and remember for the rest of time. So, um, 
it's it's going to be a very very interesting week. Uh, we got the Padres in town this weekend, um, followed by the Washington Nationals, and then after that, things get really really tricky right up until the deadline. The All Star break, uh, nine games against the Milwaukee Brewers, three against the Los Angeles Dodgers. I think they'll basically be in Los Angeles against the Dodgers after those nine games against Milwaukee when the trade deadline is basically ticking down. Um, that's a very perilous situation to be in for a team that's on the cusp of maybe we go in, maybe we don't. So with that as you know, with that in mind, effectively it's a one month season that we're watching them play right now, which will determine whether or not it's worth continuing to, 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 to play uh, the rest of the year for with serious expectations or not. That means every pitch, every out, every play, every uh, uh, every replay becomes that much more hyper intense, which let's be honest, that's how baseball should be because that's what happens when you're actually a team that's good enough to begin to try to go somewhere. So that's what we'll be watching for this week. Um, thanks for catching us on Walks Will Hunt. I'm Wick, joined by Arv and BK every week. Thanks for catching us this time around, and we will be back with you next week, hopefully with some better news about where the Reds are and maybe just maybe with some news about where the pitching is going at that point as well.